This is the voice of America. Washington, D.C. from an album titled The Flood and the Rainbow by the renowned pianist, composer and educator Paul Hoffman. Paul is our guest of the week on Jazz Beat. Paul, welcome to Jazz Beat. Thanks very much for having me today. Indeed, you are one of the rare birds, the very few musicians mixing jazz with classical music. I was totally immersed in Beethoven's for Elisa a few days ago when I thought of writing about jazz and classical music intersection and I thought you were the right person to ask. Intersect? Well, thanks. Thanks for asking me. Not only do they intersect, but uh, they've been highly connected ever since the start of jazz, that's for sure. And, um, you know, I grew up with a background where my parents were both keyboardists, classical keyboardists, not jazz musicians, but I heard music being practiced in the house. And um, I grew up with a lot of church music. And it seemed like a natural thing for me, especially when I heard things like Mozart variations uh, on Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. Um, I was playing those probably at age 12 or so, and I thought, how come Mozart's allowed to make up his own notes and I'm not allowed to make up mine? Of course, I understand that in classical piano you have to read what's on the page, you know. But um, I thought, well, gee, we all are improvisers when we speak. You know, I'm not reading these words to you off of a sheet of paper. We're all able to speak fluently, and no one thinks that's hard at all. And it should be the same with music. And, of course, all those great classical composers, most of whom were keyboardists, because you can replicate the orchestra on a keyboard, they all lived in the era where there were no tape recorders, you know, so the only way for them to leave music for posterity, especially, was to come up with these 20-page written masterpiece manuscripts. But I think with the invention of the record player in the 1880s, you know, Thomas Edison and all of that. Even classical musicians started to uh, hear standardized ways of music in their homes with controllers. And so a lot of people just stopped improvising. And luckily, that was right around the time jazz was starting to come online, as we would say now. And so all those early pianists, Earl Hines, Duke Ellington especially, um, continued the earlier classical tradition, I would say, of being improvisers, composers, and pianists. I believe many of our international audience listen to your music on the album Escapade. 
Let's listen to an example of jazz and classical music, the last track on SKB Prelude.
Prelude, the last track on Escapade by pianist and composer Paul Hoffman. Paul is our guest of the week on Jazz Beat. I think it was all improvisation, right? Most of that last track, which was a scrab and prelude from the 1890s, was improvised. It's, it's a real link between jazz and classical, yes. Was it your only collaboration with a renowned guitarist, Bob Snyder? We've done three recordings over the years, all of which have gotten big rotation and a lot of jazz press. So uh, the first one was called Interconnection, and then it was Escapade in 2006, and then the latest one was Serve and Volley, which is a suite I wrote for my daughter because she's a tennis player. So a lot of those recordings have been heard, um, and they're all online, of course. You played piano for two of Hollywood landmarks, actress Audrey Hepburn and actor Gregory Peck, two of the most recognized Hollywood faces in the world. What did you play for them? Did you play jazz or classical or both? I played some jazz, and that was a thrill. That was in the late 80s or early 90s, I think about a year before Audrey Hepburn passed away. Um, so I guess it was in 1992, because Audrey died in 1993. That sounds about right. So they came to the George Eastman house here in Rochester, New York, where I'm an Eastman teacher. And um, I played for them, and I remember playing Someone to Watch Over Me for Gregory Peck, and he enjoyed that, and that was a highlight for me. Yeah. I love Audrey. She was great, fantastic. I love all her movies, especially The Roman Holiday with Gregory Peck. Wow, it's a masterpiece. Right, The Kill a Mockingbird. Yeah, yeah, it's fantastic too. Her initial compact disc recording was in 1990. What can you tell me about that experience, especially CDs were just new on the market replacing vinyl? That's right, well, we all grew up with vinyl records, at least I did. I still treasure some of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, the compact disc, I think, was invented around 1985 or 6. And so when I started recording in the late 80s, early 90s, the CD was the new medium. Now, of course, everything is on MP3s and iTunes. In fact, I need to transfer the entire MHR Records catalog over to iTunes. That's going to be happening sometime around July or so. Um, but the very first album I did was here in Rochester called When You Dream, and um, it was a great experience. Uh, it really got the ball rolling for me. In Society and Solitude, the great American author Ralph Waldo Emerson said, Invention breeds invention. Also, Charles Dewell said, Everything that can be invented has been invented. <laughs> I'm sure those two sayings have impact on your career as a pianist and composer, right? Well, the last quote um, is kind of a ridiculous joke. When he made that statement, everything that has been invented has been invented or something. It was the 1890s, I think, and it was prior to, you know, the car and radio and TV and computers. So, uh, but, you know, the Emerson quote, invention breeds invention. Uh, I like that because... It suggests there's more out there that we have to get at. There's more underneath the rock we have to uncover. And music is like this. When we hear a piece of music, we want to know, hmm, what was in the composer's mind? Or what could have happened if this note maybe would have been chosen? Uh, it's an experience that's unlike anything else. Is that why you had an album titled New Inventions? Well, that New Inventions project uh, stemmed from my love of classical piano, especially Bach. Uh, who's maybe my musical hero among hundreds. 
But, um, you know, I had played all through the 15 Bach inventions, and, and um, I decided, what if I went through all 12 keys, um, major and minor, so come up with 24 short pieces, um, not in a Baroque style, but, but um, just approach composition in a new way, new inventions. Uh, starting with just an improvised melody and then adding harmonies and then creating new improvised melodies off of those harmonies. So it was a somewhat um, or, organic process where, where um, the end result was unknown uh, at the start and you just get what you get and it ended up uh, a very pleasurable album. And I'm, I'm happy with it and I have expanded it into a class here at Easton that I teach every week, and that's been a really nice project for me. So for our international audience, some like to play piano, others would like to learn how to play piano. Any advice? Should they try jazz and classical? Will it give them some kind of experience for improvisation and composing? Well, composing and improvisation are really two sides of the same coin. Um, most of the great classical piano composers were improvisers. Chopin and Bach were well-known improvisers. Uh, they were fluent in the language of music. And the big link in the chain that's been lost in music education has been writing and playing. Um, we've all heard music forever, you know? Like, we've all heard speech forever. So we all understand music much more than we even realize, I think. Right. But if you're not actively composing or writing down the information, that's a link in the chain that's broken and And uh, I always wrote music from an early age, so I was never scared of music the way a lot of people are, you know. Um, but it, it, it is true that a lot of jazz musicians have a really strong classical background, just in terms of arpeggios and scales and getting your hands over the keys and just feeling comfortable with, the, you know, what you're doing. Um, it really makes it easier to play. Um, By contrast, a lot of classical uh, pianists, even if they may have the talent, if you're not in the habit of improvising, it's a scary thing for a while. And so especially the older we, we get, the more hesitant we are because um, when you're one years old and you're learning how to speak any language, like for me it was English, You don't know to be embarrassed. You just hear grown-ups speaking, and you probably think, what is this gibberish that these grown-ups are talking about? I don't understand any of this. So you gradually put two and two together, and you start to slowly speak uh, words, and then sentences, and then whole phrases, right? And then whole paragraphs. And you become a fluent speaker of English. Um, and then you write for a while, and that's hard, the G's and the J's and those loops you have to make. But eventually that's easy too. Um, reading is hard for a while too, you know. How do you pronounce R-E-A-D? Read. Or read. He read the book. But red is also spelled R-E-D. Red. The color red. And read is also R-E-E-D. So these things are tricky for a while, but eventually we get the hang of all of that too. Um, so every component of language reinforces the other part. Speaking and hearing And reading and writing and music ought to be like that uh, be, uh, but the link in the chain that isn't there is the writing part and I think that's because a lot of classical people 
have these masterpiece scores on the racks of the pianos, and they say, well, what am I supposed to write? I'm not Mozart. And that's true. We're not Mozart. But yes, he was a genius, but all he ever did was write music. He ought to be great, or he ought to do something else with his life. So um, that's not to put down Mozart, whom I love and who was a genius. But we all have it in us, or at least most of us do. (laughs) That's my speech. Yeah, at least you should give it a try. Never give up. Absolutely. You learn today and day after day you gain experience. One day it will be like the case with great pianists like Bill Evans, Keith Jarrett, and Chick Corea. Well, these men, Keith Jarrett, Herbie Hancock, Bill Evans, uh, Chick Corea, were the big influences on me when I was in high school. And um, all of those great uh, jazz pianists, They improvise in many other styles, also classical, pop, rock, Indian music, you know, meaning from, you know, India, um, Japanese influences. Dave Brubeck, who just passed away, yeah. an early pioneer in a lot of, of that. There, there's some great Ellington. Yeah, they are great. I profiled all of them. Yeah, even uh, some very surprising examples. Jack Bruce, the great uh, cream musician, you know. Dave Brubeck had this masterpiece, Take Five, an all-time hit. Yeah, and that's amazing that a piece that complex was ever a big hit on the radio. He was a real crossover artist. And, of course, Take Five was written by his alto saxophone. Yeah, Paul Desmond, yes. All of those other tunes on that recording, Time Out, you know, Blue Rondo a la Turk, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, three. Yeah. He was a real pioneer in bringing in all of these other musical cultures in the world into his music so he was just great too yeah right so jazz music is a welcoming music and um and the whole classical jazz connection again is just really strong and um especially in a lot of my piano students over the years there are some names to watch some guys that i've um been playing a lot with and you know teaching over the years people like chris ziemba especially um we have a massive three compact disc set that'll be out Probably in about a year where we went through the history of jazz, sort of doing piano duets. And that was a great project for us to do. That's uh, interesting. We, we did some improvisations in classical styles, too, on there. But other names like Wes Powell, Josh Condon, Angelo DiLoretto, these are all students of mine that I'm really proud of that are names to watch over the years. So. Very interesting. The acclaimed pianist, composer, and educator Paul Hoffman, thanks very much indeed for talking with me on Jazz Beat. Thank you. It's been a real pleasure. I'll leave you now with Paul Hoffman's flamenco sketches from his album The Floods and the Rainbow. I'm Jabhit in Washington.
Thank you. 